What's up, everyone? Welcome to our review of The Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars, Episode 9. Yay! Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. Uh, just like our Mandalorian views, this is going to be spoiler content, and we're also going to be discussing the aftermath of uh, The Rise of Skywalker, since we've had so much time to digest it and see it multiple times and look at all the stuff that the great internet has bestowed upon us about... Uh, the box office, the, what the actors are saying now that they're long, no longer connected to the Disney leash, they're uh, they're out on their own, and, and it's a mess, and yeah, somewhat of a mess. It's it's kind of juicy stuff for everyone else. So it's been uh, it's been great for movie news and for Star Wars news. It's also been great in a kind of um, reality TV way. It's wonderful. <laughs> so uh, this is spo- spoiler territory. Uh, you know, if you don't want to hear anything about spoilers, uh, leave. You know, go see the movie. It's been out for three weeks. Come on. And then come on back and listen to what we got to say. Please but, come back. <laughs> please come back. But we're going to hit on some general things, some characters returning, and then we're going to give our general thoughts and go into the, the fun stuff after. So, uh, John, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing pretty good. I am ready to talk about this. I know you and I have pretty opposing views in a lot of ways. So I'm curious to get your thoughts, kind of share what I think about certain things and see how different you see it. Because I think in general, you liked the movie and in general, I did not. So (laughs) let's talk about characters first and then we'll get into the drama. (laughs) Then we'll get into the drama between you and I, which is kind of a we flip flopped here. Most of uh, how our stuff is. Uh, but I'll get into why that happened, uh, for me, at least liking this movie and not super critical, but, uh, it was directed by JJ Abrams, uh, writing credits went to Chris Terrio and JJ Abrams as well. Uh, uh, Trevor, uh, what is his name? It's uh, Colin Trevorrow. Trevorrow. Yes. I've heard so many different pronunciations of his name, but he is Trevor also Colorado. Tre- Trevor Colorado. That's, that's my <laughs> pronunciation. He's also been, uh, given some credits on the, uh, writing of it uh but we'll get into that later how much he had to do with that we had some new characters introduced into the rise of skywalker for episode nine we had general pride played by richard e grant Jana, played by naomi aki zori bliss played by carrie russell part of the disney royalty babu freak by shirley henderson and do the new droid uh which usually we get a new droid every trilogy uh, and we got a new droid in within the trilogy, which is kind of interesting. Or uh, the anthology films also have their own droids. And this one was actually... I was surprised to look at the voicing credits were given to JJ on this. Yeah. So, no, he finally uh, put himself in one of the movies. Yeah. Uh, they uh, A lot of people were given some really cool roles as far as people who worked on the project. Like Tis- Chris Terrio is also um, a character in this movie. And uh, we'll get into some other cool ones that we saw. But returning to the fold of the uh, last installment of the sequel trilogy, uh, Leia, Luke, Kylo Ren, Rey, Finn, Poe, C-3PO, R2-D2, Maz Kanata, General Hux, Chewbacca, The Emperor, and this is taken from a podcast, a.k.a. Sheev Palpatine, a.k.a. Darth Sidious, a.k.a. The Senate, a.k.a. Frank, for all those people who are into prequel memes and also the kind of funny podcast. Lando Calrissian also returns, and 
Rose, Tico, Oliver. How many seconds did you say? Uh, I think about 11. 11 seconds is what we were talking about before the podcast. Uh, we'll get into our thoughts about that. I mean, but, literally Han Solo had more screen time than Rose. Oh. Yeah, right that's, in the fields. That's so true. <laughs> oh. that That is so... Oh, man. That's, that, that's heartfelt. We had some surprise returners to the sequel that we did not see coming. Uh, one of those would be Wicked, uh, the Ewok on the uh, Forest Moon Vendor. We had yeah. Wedge Antilles joining in the uh, last minute fight that we saw, which is pretty cool. We had Oma Trace, uh, who's, if you don't know, that's the character that John Williams played, the bartender. And then also you reminded me Harrison Ford also made a surprise return to the last installment uh, in episode nine, which no one thought would happen. I was very surprised because I know that Hansel or Harrison Ford has said multiple times if he were to come back for these movies, he would preferably want to die in the first one and never come back. And they did that. And even though people were surprised, he literally said it in interviews uh, leading up to it before they even before disney even bought the property these were in interviews and so i was very surprised to see him come back i cannot imagine how much money they paid him to be in this in the final movie Uh, give me the money i made for uh blade runner 2049 and i'll do it i was almost gruff enough to be a harrison ford i I can't do harrison ford the mark hamill's harrison ford impression very solid Uh, spot on yes It, it is it is as you say spot on I want to hear those. I want to see him on a radio show doing prank phone calls. Yes. But going forward, the other uh, we had a lot of voices in this uh, in a, the scenes where Ray is hearing people talk to her, just like I hear people talk to me when I wake up in the morning. I'm kidding. I'm not force sensitive. Uh, <laughs> they're at voices, least just not famous people, and they're not famous people. That's true. <laughs> uh voices that came in here was anakin played by uh hayden christensen darth vader was james earl jones's voice luminara unduli by olivia de abo ahsoka tano by ashley Eckstein, ayla sakura by jennifer hale mace windu by samuel jackson obi-wan kenobi was voiced by both ewan mcgregor and alec guinness as voices yoda by frank oz adi galia by angelique perrin Kanan Jarrus by Freddie Prince Jr. And my boy, Qui-Gon Jinn by Liam Neeson. Mm. And uh, another fact going on around about The Rise of Skywalker that it is it has it not hit the billion dollar mark despite being the three week three Fridays in mark. Uh, it is trailing The Last Jedi by close to 400 million uh, as far as where it should be by now. Even though uh, most of the analysts said that this movie... Uh, should be should have been given a little bit of a boost given when it came out as far as the holidays lining up between Christmas and New Year's and how those holiday weekends work. So far right now, it is doing uh, the worst amongst the start between The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens. Uh, and there's a lot of thoughts about that, but currently right now it's... Uh, for this Friday, it's supposed to surpass $900 million, and through the weekend, hopefully, Disney is crossing its fingers that it passes the billion-dollar mark. So many movies this year have crossed the billion-dollar mark for them. It just blows my mind. Yes. Frozen 2. 
I think it's like they said 80% of the box office hits this year have been Disney movies. And then I think eight, seven or eight of them have crossed over a billion dollars. But going back to Star Wars, John, just listed off a bunch of things. What were your thoughts with this movie? Oh, I'm prepared. So, (laughs) so good. Well, okay. So I've got some good and some bad stuff and some overall everything. Um, So I think some of the major plus sides from the movie uh, were the fight scenes. They seemed incredibly well choreographed. Um, This trilogy especially, I think, have they've really done justice to the lightsaber fights. Uh, It's the more human fights without all the the technical Jedi weapons and everything. Um, It was really just really enjoyable to watch the full extent to which these people could could fight. Um, I think the visuals were incredible overall. Uh, both Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams, I think, did a great job with giving scale to a lot of the things. A lot of the ships, especially the planets, uh, the villains, the powers, everything. Just visually, it was a beautiful movie. Um, and then probably one of my favorite things to come out of this movie, uh, especially, was getting to see more of Leia's backstory and to see her force training with her own lightsaber. Absolutely. We've all been asking for that for so long, it, and to make it canon yes. was just incredible. Some of the, the things I disliked about the movie, and I'm curious to see your thoughts on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's pretty well uh, decided amongst the fandom that the studio did not have a clear vision from the start of the series about where they wanted to go and how to pace it out between each movie. Um, it just seemed like all of the character arcs, all of the story uh, points, everything was just excuse me, uh, felt interrupted between each movie, basically like like a car changing gears, like it would rev up and then it just immediately fall back down and then rev up again and then fall back down. It, it felt like between each movie that the dialogue was trying to retcon things from the previous movie. Ryan Johnson did it a bit in his movie and then J.J. did it in, in the final movie, uh, which just really took away from the experience for me especially. Um, and it f- a, lot of the, a lot of the character arcs felt really really incomplete and i'm just kind of beating through these really quick um but finn and rose's relationship basically reset and was non-existent in the third movie um after really spending a lot of time to set it up in uh the last jedi uh finn and ray and finn wanting to express to ray his force sensitivity but then never being able to get it uh said to her oh my gosh that that i totally agree with you that's something i was just like um okay way to pay it off yeah, exactly. Um, Finn and Poe, after after the fandom cried out for their relationship to uh, expand a bit in this in the final movie, um, they were basically just yelling at each other for the first, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, and then it was almost non-existent the rest. Um, so basically, any relationship with Finn felt like it was just a completely missed opportunity. Um, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and despite just, me liking liking the character Finn, I, I would agree with you that just like it almost like everyone hated him except for Janna. Yeah, which I've got a bunch of thoughts about their relationship and and the whole stormtrooper dynamic at, later on. Uh, plot devices uh, felt like they were just falling flat and that they were just crammed into the story just to keep it moving along. Uh, was basically like go to this planet and get this thing uh, which they just happened to run into at a, where they could have landed anywhere they could have uh, fallen into any cave but they fell uh, into the exact right cave to find the exact right thing um, and then 
right after that, go to this next planet, do this next thing, and just rinse and repeat until they get to the very end. Um, it never felt uh, authentic or natural to the story. It just felt like somebody would pop up out of nowhere, say, you need to go get this thing, and that would propel them to the store or through the story rather than a, a natural series of events that would lead them inevitably to the very end. I really felt like every fight scene should have gone differently. <laughs> I know we both have some thoughts about the um, the Star Destroyer using that relay, basically, t- so the other Star Destroyers could rise up and uh, escape the planet at the very end. Um, they switched between the ground relay and the relay on the ship, <laughs> but the ground relay was never destroyed, so why didn't they just keep switching back, and why did the relay have to be on the Star Destroyer? Why couldn't it have been like scattered throughout the rest of them? I, it just it just felt shoehorned in and there's no reason for that that uh that thing to play out the way that it did plot and device then, like you said ex- plot device exactly and th- so the knights of ren were introduced by jj and then completely dismissed by ryan johnson but then reintroduced by, by jj and then what did they even do they they showed up looked menacing fought kylo for a minute but we never really got to fully explore them. And that's because yeah, I would he spent agree with you with that. He Plus so their weapons time. are so lame. Like, why do they not get lightsabers? They used to be Jedi. Well, uh, not necessarily because they existed before Kylo Ren and then he just took over them. I don't I, but I don't get that impression. If you talk about the trilo- if you talk about the sequel trilogy and what they tell us in the movies, you do not get that impression. You get the impression that they were uh they were Jedi from Luke's temple that joined Ren and helped kill all the others, which plays into one of my final thoughts for right now, the fact that we don't just get the plot from the movie tying up all these loose ends. They push out all this uh, additional reading and uh, tie-in tie-in material, basically, in order to then tie up all these loose ends that they've introduced in the movies. So people who only see the movies get one perspective, and then people that read and uh, explore internet articles and all this additional material, they get the full picture, but it's only because they seek it out. And it's really like the hardcore fans that fully understand what the directors and the writers were trying to accomplish. And I've never seen that in any other franchise until this one, where there's so much additional material that you have to consume to fully understand the context. And I don't think it should, I think there's, there's a better way to write the story where if you see the movie, then you understand what the movie's trying to say, and then you can move on from there. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that point. Um, it's almost like they didn't ask, hey, Kevin, um, I know you're working on Marvel, but did it work to do like TV shows in this? And I imagine Kevin's answer would have been like, yeah, not really. Not yet. <laughs> nope. Not not yet would be the right answer. But um, do you got any more thoughts also you want to share? Uh, I've got so many thoughts, but I want to hear your good and bad about the movie. Okay, so, yeah, I, I'll, I'll just get this out of the bag. Like, I really enjoyed this movie. I, it was such a great spectacle. However, I understand its flaws. I see them, and I could see how people do not think it's a good movie. Do I think it is a a great movie? Uh, by any means, as the cine- cinematic films that I've seen this year? No. I do not think it is a amazing film by any means. However, 
Was it a great Star Wars film that I enjoyed? Absolutely. It made me feel giddy. It made me feel excited. It made me want to, you know, be like feel that glee I did as a kid playing, you know, like with lightsabers that, you know, my uh, my childhood friends and I would have PVC pipes and um, he uh, my friend would paint them different colors and we would smash them you know that was the original of like man these plastic ones fall apart let's do a pvc pipe and it made me want to feel that again even so much to the point that my my nephew right now is playing i got him you know battlefront 2 and he's playing you know as like all these heroes and villains playing star wars and i started playing it again on my playstation 4 like it, this is what this movie did to me and i loved that feeling but uh there's a lot of bad, and me getting to the specifics of the things I liked, I liked uh, the lightsaber battles between Rey and Kylo. I thought it was mm-hmm. amazing. Kylo Ren was uh, very... I thought he did a... The character was fleshed out really well until the last scene. I did not like the kissing, but going yep. keeping with the good stuff. Uh, I love that they explained Leia's training. It made me like... The Last Jedi more, yeah. and I rewatched it recently. And though I still have some issues with the film, I can't help but feel so glad to know that she is a very strong Force user, and her story to be like, I'm gonna leave this lightsaber for someone who I think will come and save us. She had a vision, a Force vision, to have someone who will defeat evil, and she knew right away that's why she can't carry the lightsaber. That's why she doesn't have it as a general Leia. And she's a force user. So really enjoyed that tie-in with the universe. I really enjoyed Luke's arc. I don't think that... Uh, I know a lot of people are saying that is a dis... Uh, that JJ basically retconned a bunch of stuff. I thought the lightsaber uh, scene when Rey kind of throws, throws it in the fire and he catches it. Yep. I did not think that was a retcon. I thought that was a continuation of Luke's uh, arc. I do think that the retconning of like, oh yeah, your parents are nobody because they wanted to be nobodies. Uh, that I I very much hear you on that. I very much agree. You know, some of those things. It's like, oh yeah, you know, uh, race Palpatine. I didn't like that very much, but um, I do have a uh, the positives that I have with this movie aren't as great. It's just because as a product, it made me feel a certain way. And I think because of how quickly paced this movie is, you don't have time to think about it until after the movie. Yeah. Like if you dissect like, oh, what did, if you go through the movie beat by beat, it gets worse. And that's what I noticed when I tried dissecting. I was like, oh, ooh, ah, <laughs> like I can't defend it. It's just like I'm constantly hitting bumps of like, well, uh, you know, because of how quickly it's paced. You start out in the movie. The beginning scene is fantastic with the... Kylo Ren mowing down mowing down people. I love that open those opening scenes. The light speed skipping was awesome. Yeah. So there's a lot of great things as far as action set pieces that they really did well. But that's all I'm going to say about that. Now to what I didn't like and I'll just go, you know, off on it, you know. Definitely it, although it was nice to see that, you know, we finally have Rey, Poe, and uh finn interacting with each other the trio i didn't like their bickering as much like it wasn't very witty it was like a bunch of brother and sisters like yelling at each other like between poe and finn i'd very much agree like it just seemed like everyone was hating on finn and it just didn't feel 
genuinely like banter. Well, and so my problem with with their relationship as as a as that group of three in that core group was that with the original trilogy, you spent time with all three of them in each th- each of the three movies, developing their relationships and growing as a team. And in this third one, they've spent the first two movies where all three of them are basically scattered. And then it's this third one that has that th- uh, that year long time jump at the beginning where we are supposed to just assume that they've spent that entire year growing as a group, building their own relationships, but they they sh- they don't show it, but they tell it. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't they, feel they, warranted. This is, this is the movie where they should be friends. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like, maybe at first, like, maybe in The Last Jedi, they, they're all together and they start bickering with each other, but this is the part where it's like, oh, they're, you know, they get it. But I, I think that's because they tried to make Poe have an arc in this movie, and I also think it's... uh ray trying to seem like she's not understood by anybody except for kylo ren or ben yes but going on from the things i didn't like uh definitely i had my own thoughts about how well, the chewbacca how he came back to life i totally thought like when he died i was like oh my gosh like i think a tear went down my face i was like oh, chewie's dead and it's like oh no he's not dead and i was like that's oh they, they, once again, it's one of those things where the Star Wars, the Star Wars sequels, like, have something set up so beautifully, when I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a great thing, and they totally retract it. Kind of like in The Last Jedi, where it's like, hey, Rey's gonna join Kylo. No. Yep. And it's just like, oh, you're pulling at my strings, bro. Well, so, it, it would have been a risk anyway. So, I didn't like how they did that, where it's like, oh, you know, he's not actually dead. I didn't like the Emperor coming back so quickly in this film but i understand why they did it uh where it's in the opening crawl like the dead speak blah 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 blah. like why why are you gonna put it in the opening crawl let don't put it in the opening crawl and have it that hey there's a mysterious uh message out there and people are trying to find it which okay so this blows my i've said this a few times already but this blows my mind the fact that instead of ever revealing that recording in the movie or even just the general public they release it on Fortnite. Which is crazy. Did, oh, so terrible. Did you hear about that? Um, I heard about it, but I didn't do enough research until later on in the stories. I was just like, yeah, because of Fortnite. I was like, what? This message was in Fortnite? Guess what? My parent, my my sister and my mom went to go see this movie. They don't play, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. They don't play no damn Fortnite, <laughs> stupid bs I, it's, it's just i don't play fortnite in my age demographic probably a lot of people play fortnite that are our age but mostly it's a lot of young kids so i understand why they did that but star wars transcends just kids well it yeah, should and it, it makes just no it's, sense. it's more of that additional reading and additional material that's out there that they they distribute away from the main source and then expect everybody just to, to search after it rather than put it into the movie and budget their time more wisely. Or, or uh, you know, we could spend a lot of time. But another way they could have done There's a lot of things in these movies where it's like, it could have been better. They could have put it at least in a Star Wars game. They had... The Battlefront 2 has gotten a lot better. They could have put it in that and then replayed it in the movie. Or they could have at least put it in the new game that came out, uh, Jedi Fallen Order which was amazing by both critics and Star Wars fans are praising this game. Yeah. They could have done something along those lines, but, you know, they didn't. We could go on forever about <laughs> this topic. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of things with this movie where I just wanted it to be better. Like, um, 
the scene between uh, Ray and the Emperor. Now, Ian McDermott does a fantastic job. He does a great job always as the Emperor. You know, seeing him break the Force connection between Kylo and Rey, I thought was really cool. And then him shooting lightning into the sky. I know a lot of people on the internet gave gripe about it. I loved it. And then to see him bested by Rey because she grabs another lightsaber and moves forward and he gets lightninged himself again and to disintegrate him that way felt so underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, I very much disagree. At least get, you know, people are talking, we'll get into more stuff about what people are saying right now, but at least give me like them fighting with lightsabers maybe, or perhaps, uh, you know, show, show it as something that she uses the force kind of like Yoda absorbs the lightning. If she's going to be this great Mary Sue character, don't just have her grab a second lightsaber to help deflect it back to him. It just feels so, it just doesn't feel like we're seeing enough of a Jedi's power and resolve when it's just grabbing another tool. It's not, creative. you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not creative. And for me, it's the execution and the ideas where you could have had Force Ghosts integrated into this. You could have had the Emperor bring out a lightsaber again. He's been rejuvenated. He's been brought back because of the Kylo, Ren, and Rey connection. I don't understand how he dies this way. It's just so lame. And then I very much like the not come the battle the aerial battle overhead except for the fact that you brought it up with the relay it's like how do i get how do i get them to use uh to use ground forces we we're gonna we're just gonna blow it up now we can't do that all right how do i get horses into the act let me, well let's put it on a, on a star destroyer a specific star destroyer and it, it just takes away from general pride's uh scheming they like general pride is doing a great job well we'll move it to our star destroyer i see they're gonna attack it great move great uh tactical move and then there's this force that's on his star destroyer and it's not like hey let's bounce it off to a different star destroyer let's get off this star destroyer and let's have them blow this thing up in front of all these people so that all of these ground forces die like it's lazy it just you, it's lazy if you're if you're banking everything on the success of getting this fleet up into the sky because of how weird the gravitational pull is. It just the more it's one of those things we talked about. The more you think about it, the more it doesn't make sense. And that's that's basically my main issue with this movie as a movie and the direction. The more you think about it, the more it doesn't make sense. Yes, and that's one of my final thoughts. I I forgot to hit on this in my good stuff, but. C-3PO was so great in this movie. It felt like old C-3PO making jokes. Uh, it was, you know, about like, oh, you know, I know you're checking up on everybody else, but I'm fine, Poe, when he, they fall into the pit. Or when he's talking about Babu Freak is one of my oldest friends and he just met him. The dialogue for C-3PO felt like the original trilogy. And I loved that part. And I just want to give that out um before you know i close my statement about you know what this movie made me feel because i very much feel like uh rise of skywalker was as a feeling and adventure really great but the more i think about it it's not it's not a good film and it has a lot of issues and that's where i'll end 
my thoughts on it. So let me run a couple of things by you of things that I would have liked to have seen over the course of the trilogy. Um, and I just want to get your thoughts on on some of these things I've come up with. So, okay, a couple of the main characters. Uh, first of all, Finn. I liked Finn. I thought Finn as this uh, stormtrooper uh, turned into Rebel. very cool idea. It was very cool idea. So unique and interesting, and, and had so much potential there. Um, I think. I think he gave a new dynamic and a new depth to stormtroopers that we haven't seen before, where we, it gives them a, a history and a, and a um, it, it makes them more sympathetic because they were turned as kids. They were brainwashed into thinking that this is the way that they have to live. Um, I mean, it, it definitely gives um, uh, uh, like neo-Nazi kind of vibes in uh, Hitler's in the Hitler Youth, bringing them in, yes. brainwashing them, the turning them very into original fighters. trilogy type of feeling. Exactly. Uh, so after the Force Awakens, it felt like his origin just basically became a throwaway line, and it was never fully delved into again. And I would have loved to have seen him uh, struggle with with fighting these other stormtroopers because after after the first movie, we just see him shooting them up, just killing them left and right. But he knows them. He's connected with them, and he he's got the same backstory as them. So I would have loved to have seen more internal struggle and, and conflict, where he he knows what he has to do, but he can't bring himself to kill his friends, basically, and the people that he was brought up with. Um, I I don't really see it that way, just because we, I think that his arc, which is is about him finding who he is, because he's brainwashed as you discuss brainwash into the soldier and he has in his his identity is basically from the start of finding out like oh i don't want to do this is to run yes because that's that's mostly what that's part of the human nature's fight or flight and for him he's like oh i really don't like this i'm gonna run and a lot of people feel that way with just situations in general in life and this is about him coming to terms about being like no you've got to fight this you know don't don't just run if you truly believe something you've got to stay in it you know you've got to fight for it and i really liked how they kind of developed that until we get to you know like he has like a full arc in in the last jedi where he's about to sacrifice himself for keeping the resistance alive like that from from force awakens to the last jedi he gets a pretty great arc and then from this he gets kind of nothing except for whining and going ray like him just screaming out her name. It's just I understand where you're going through with him the struggle, I, but I think they did. I think they did Finn well with his arc until this movie where he does not too much. Fair enough. Um, so I just want to keep moving along through these. So speaking, yeah. Of, what else you got? Speaking of Ray, Ray. Um, I personally, I think that she should have been immaculately conceived like Anakin. Um, I think Ooh. to me. It makes her history and her character much more interesting when I think of her as a reaction from the Force to Ben Solo being turned, which retains that balance. Um, and I think Ryan Johnson was kind of starting to put that idea out there. And uh, he he gave the idea that the Force is accessible by so many more people than just Skywalkers and Palpatines. And... Uh, abrams just brought it back to the same two families fighting um i think if it because he wants to delve into the idea of the force being this like universal power that is has so much more depth than has been previously explored but then you cheapen it by rather than rather than taking the risk of saying 
Ray was was conceived by the Force like Anakin was, and she was meant to bring balance like he was, fulfilling his destiny. You just give her some parents, which how and when did Palpatine have a kid? I don't it's po- so it's possible, you know, like as a as a fifty year old senator or whatever he's supposed to be in the prequels, you know, he's not like a bad looking dude, you know. Mm. What? Wait, you want everyone to look like some superstar from no, Hollywood? I, that's I, the thing. I don't want to think about yeah. it. I just. But I, I, I agree with you on this topic. I definitely, I definitely agree with you that she should not have that kind of lineage or parentage. Yes. Um, next one. So, Poe, I think is is a pretty interesting character on his own. Um, and they were kind of starting to get him, get him in the right direction. Um, and after Holdo sacrificed herself in The Last Jedi and he was given more command, you started to see a little bit of the uh, reluctance with the leadership from him, where he was really starting to feel the weight of it. Um, I mean, because he, he got so many of his resistance uh, friends and fellow fighters killed in that initial uh, strike, that bomber strike in The Last Jedi. And those deaths, I feel like, really should have weighed on him. And I, f- I feel like, especially given the year time jump, that he should be much more wise, that he should be more um, uh, cunning and thoughtful in the way that he um, goes about his strategies and mm-hmm. really should have weighed... The life of his um, of the people that he fights with should weigh on his conscience more. And I, th- I feel like he's just becoming... He stayed reckless, basically, from movie to movie to movie rather than developing as a leader and i didn't really get that sense from the last movie there you know what i think you're i think you're you've got a great idea with that how that should have been his arc is to be a leader and we don't really see it like even to the point where we're still we're still having him go each movie through a struggle and then be like oh i need to be like this but it's not very it's not continuous it's like each movie he has a problem and he's like oh i should have done this in the next movie oh i should have done this next movie i should have done this and yeah, I believe that I believe you're right. At this point in the in the saga, he should be mature enough to be like, I need to be a leader. I think you, I think you have a really good idea, and I would agree. I would I would love to see that because when he's like, you know, when he like promotes Finn to a general, I'm like, really? That's what General Leo would do. I just he needs help. Like, yeah, I understand you ask for help and stuff like that, but ask help from Lando or something like, you know. What are we going to do to get more people on our side? Yeah, uh, Be a leader, and he doesn't feel like that. He's yelling at Finn and stuff like that. Exactly. I, I, yeah, I agree with you very much. That's a really good point. So the last one, uh, I just want to bring up Kylo Ren, and just to tie off my thoughts here. Um, I don't know how your thoughts on this are. but Be- I- best, best character <laughs> in these whole movies. So, look, I don't think Kylo Ren needed to be redeemed. I think... His idea from The Last Jedi of just burning everything to the ground and starting over because every both sides are corrupted, I think it makes sense. And and it, given his upbringing with the Jedi to then be turned and uh, brought up by or trained more by Snoke, he has a really detailed look at how both sides are operating. So if anybody's going to say everything is corrupt, we need to just burn it all and start over, I think he's the one to say that. And I think it's justified in The Last Jedi. Um and it gives Rey something to struggle with. And it, I think that it, it makes her, if she was to turn in The Last Jedi, it would have made it much more warranted um, because she struggles with that. She thinks, well, Luke is bad. The Sith are bad. Maybe we just need to give it all up. 
Um, well, she she even uses the dark side in this movie with the force lightning. She looks like she's getting angry with stuff, telling Poe or not telling Poe, telling like Finn off when they're on the Falcon and stuff like that. Like, exactly. That, I very much got the setup that she's just like nobody knows what I'm struggling with. This she's being a little emo, kind of like you know Kylo Ren was when we first got introduced in the Force Awakens, and you know I, I it should have been she. I definitely agree that it's just you know with kylo it's just such a weird thing that she should be the antithesis but be struggling much like he should be struggling in that same way well and i think it makes him a much more relatable villain when he okay so like killmonger in the black panther when you know he's the villain but he brings up a lot of good points and i think kylo basically did the same thing where he he brought up the fact that both sides are corrupt there's no, nothing that's right or wrong. I have this power now. I can make things different. Join me, and together we're going to bring balance. We're going to do it the right way. And even if his motives are corrupted, you know that his, like, he wants to do it for the right reasons to a degree. Um, but his, well, not his motives, but his actions are are for the wrong reasons. But his motives are more pure than his actions, or to a degree. Um, I think it's just the opposite. I feel like. I feel like his intentions are corrupt. Uh, his his intentions and his and all that stuff is corrupt. But his motives make sense. Um, I like. He, I just don't get this vibe. Like, if I'm gonna have a villain like Killmonger, which I would be say is comparable to Thanos in a lot of ways, I want that. And I think Kylo, the way they set him up in the movies, unfortunately, is quite the opposite. Because when I rewatched the Last Jedi and watched that scene again. I didn't get that vibe that it's like, oh, Kylo is, Kylo wants to do something different. It's kind of like, no, Ray, join me and we'll rule the galaxy as, as a, uh, girlfriend and boyfriend. Kind of like, you know, it's like, hey, Luke, you know, join me, father and son. It felt a lot like that, rather than I think what you're saying is just like we're gonna do something new, even though in his head he has this glorified idea of what it is, and everyone around him's like, dude, you've got the wrong idea. Yeah, I just, I like the idea that it's less black and white than the original trilogy led the Jedi and the Sith to be, where they both are corrupt in their own ways, and they don't really address the idea of balance as a whole. And balance requires, um, uh, it requires both sides, honestly, uh, to where you need the darkness to have the light and vice versa. So if you're going... Where, where both sides talk about balance, what they really mean is just wiping each other out. Um, the Sith want to wipe out the yeah. Jedi. And so when you bring balance, which is that what the Force is trying to do from the beginning, uh, where when Anakin turns, Luke and Leia are born, bringing balance, light and dark. And then what, what I would have liked to have seen with Rey, where she was immaculately conceived, uh, where Ben Solo turned, she was born, bringing balance back to the Force. And they never she's, really... She's going to be way younger than him. <laughs> well, yeah. But, like, they never fully addressed the idea of balance. And that, that was such a strong theme yeah. from the beginning. And they just kind of tossed it out the window in this last trilogy. I, I totally see what you're saying as far as, like, the Kylo development and how it should be. And even though I think, like, our ideas of a villain... Uh, for Kylo are different, I definitely still think that your vision, if it is... If it is um, well thought of from the beginning and given to maybe one director at the same time or all of them with a plan it's going to do really well I think this movie 
destroys i think you and i would be happy with this version of kylo ren that we're given in these movies if it is written more consistently consistently and we're getting payoff from things that happen in earlier films in this film and I, I i would agree i don't think we get that with the turning of him to the light side it's one of the things where it's like at least at least have him be like gray if you know don't have him redeemed be like i'm going to live my life you know as a hermit or something make him do the luke skywalker as penance or something but which brings me to the the worst probably part of the movie it, and i didn't even touch on this in my uh, I touched on it a little bit, but the kiss yeah. at the end made no sense to me. And I think I looked at you when we watched this movie, and I was like, "What?" Yep. What? I I think both you and I gave a look of like, Ugh. like we just watched like like we watched a Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher kiss it out. Yeah, kind of like from Empire Strikes Back. But it felt way worse. It just felt like, wrong. Well, and that's the thing too. That was that was incest, and they didn't know they were brother and sister. In this one, they're not brother and sister. There is no incest. But I feel way more disgusted watching it. Well, okay, so they've come out. I think it was either the writer or JJ himself came out after the fact and said that kiss is not supposed to be romantic or sexual. It's supposed to be basically Ben Solo passing the torch on to her. And it's supposed to be more of like a friendship type thing, which is still like doesn't justify it. And I think kiss her on the cheek. Exactly. Don't kiss. Don't kiss her on the lips. That's romantic. Kiss her on the cheek. Be like, thank you so much. A peck on the cheek. Because, you know, we do that in we do that in society. It's supposed to mirror the moral problems we face in this world. And, you know, we say it all the time with heroes or someone's done a great deed. And, you know, people are like, thank you so much for bringing my husband home. Blah, blah, blah. Kiss on the cheek. Not like, thank you for bringing my husband home. Go right for the lips. Like, that's just fuck. That's weird, dude. Yeah. I, oh, we have strong I, thoughts. About maybe that. for me, it's more visceral. But I just it may it, if that's the explanation that they said that you're pulling from. Yeah, I that's what world are they living in? I know uh so but maybe i'm maybe my opinion is totally wrong but i think you and i are on the same page here no i totally agree shouldn't have happened they they messed up they done goofed they yes they done goofed i guess let's uh let's hit more of the aftermath stuff because we are running a little bit long um uh, about the things that have come up afterwards that is kind of interesting topics and we head off these real quick definitely the one that i want to talk about and i want to get out of the way real quick is how the emperor coming back um, Chris Terrio has been doing a lot of interviews uh, after the movie. People are done with the project. They're just dropping bombs left and right. What do you think about him saying that um, the Emperor coming back was not, not like all her idea, but mostly Kathleen Kennedy's idea? No, no, no. I think it's I think it's them trying to save face and keep Kathleen Kennedy in her job. Um I think you can say that all day long, but if you don't show it, it doesn't mean anything. And sh- her attention should could have been to put... Uh, well, okay, so I think, honestly, it's even worse if she did intend for him to be there from the beginning. Because that means that Ryan Johnson got to have his own vision and completely disregard what Kathleen Kennedy wanted, which makes her even worse of a producer and creative director because she wasn't able to maintain the course from just another director. And I know we've talked about this a little bit, and we may have mentioned it in, in the Mandalorian review. Um, but even if they were just to say, um, like at the end of The Last Jedi, if one of the last shots was just Palpatine force connecting to everybody 
and you heard his message and you just it felt like it was coming from nowhere and you didn't know the characters didn't know who it was but we knew we felt that terror that that uh his voice brings about where he's he's announcing his return and then the characters spend the next year trying to fight figure out who it is and when they when they do realize it it gives that that much more weight which then connects that idea from movie to movie making it seem more seamless and it just i I have no doubt in my mind that she did not have full control over this series from the beginning and that this is her trying to keep her job. The The most shocking thing about what you just said was in the beginning when you said executive producer and creative Kathleen Kennedy. And I think my heart skipped a beat when you said creative. Yeah. And I, I know, I know this, it's just like something you're probably repeating from what, like what people say or this is, but that's, that's part of her title is being executive com- producers, being a creative. And it, she just doesn't seem like a huge Star Wars fan, despite being picked by George Lucas. Nope. It's so weird. It, it doesn't make sense. And Star Wars maybe in general isn't supposed to make sense but the the execution of bringing the emperor back is so bad no nah, man i'm telling you kathleen kennedy is not going to make she's will not see 2021 with lucasfilm i don't know i'm hopeful i'm hopeful with what you're saying but i you know what <laughs> i've been fooled a lot right <laughs> with this franchise and um I'm just looking forward to the TV shows, man. Yeah. And we're getting we're getting Mandalorian uh season 2 at the end of the year. Oh, it cannot come any quicker. Yep. right now. Um well, you got you got any more any more bad beats from the aftermath of this movie? Uh just a couple little things that I've seen from uh the visual dictionary that they've released um uh, I don't even I didn't even know about this visual dictionary. I love Star Wars. Like I'm a huge Star Wars fan. But don't put it out in this stuff. That's the thing. It's more required reading. Um so it's it's things that they've it's a tie-in book basically that they've put out with the release of each Star Wars movie from this recent trilogy. Um just going to hit this this stuff really quick. Just a couple things that I found really interesting. So that initial planet that they've landed on and that Kylo Ren is tearing through everybody is Mustafar. Uh, that's where he finds that first wayfinder. Uh, Wait. Yep. Hold, hold on. Let that sink that's in. Must, that's, that's Mustafar? Mustafar, however you pronounce that? That's it? Because that, that's not what it looks like in episode three. Exactly. There's a, you, You're going to have to look this up. There's a whole explanation out there as to why initially it looked like a volcanic planet to now looking a little bit more life-filled. Uh, um, and it, the planet itself is healing because of something that's gone on. Uh, since Vader was there, and when he first got tore up, it's a whole thing. But see, that's where's that's my point. Where's the connection? That's my point, man. Like they put out all this stuff. They say that that it's all connected, but they never show it in the movies. Um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and skip on to the next thing because oh my that's a lot to oh, unpack. I'm in shock right now. Um, so Jana is likely Lando's daughter, which you kind of got that hint when he gave her that look at the very end. Um, no, I got the hint that he wanted to have sex with Janet at the end of the movie. Well, apparently it's his daughter. I don't, I don't know where I'm from. Uh, well, let's find out. Oh God! You know, I lost a daughter a long time ago. Yeah, and she was taken from me in the night by a bunch of first order people, and I never forgave them. Yeah, 
why is that and why is that not the focal point like give us the backstory it's like my daughter was taken from me or, or something like that yep uh, you would think oh my but oh my god time time wise it works out and it's likely that she's his daughter um so he's gonna have sex with his daughter that's disgusting. don't say that so uh the visual dictionary <laughs> just gonna keep brushing past all this here uh, the Visual Dictionary confirmed that Luke started training Ben the year that Ray was born. Um, so, yes. Wait, what? Wait, but that that doesn't sound that bad to me because kids are usually born, you know, like when they started training Jedi. What are they like, six or seven? Yeah, and and Anakin was ten or twelve, I think, when he he was brought in. So Ben was born. But he was a special case because they 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 find so. In Star Wars lore, they're supposed to find these kids, uh, which is explained in the Clone Wars. So they find these kids very young, like as um, probably three to six years old is when they'll find them through uh, meditation, however their method is, and they'll bring them into the Jedi Order. Yep. Um, So Ben was 10 years old when Luke started training him. Uh, Wait, I don't know. So there's not a whole lot more to get into with that. It was just basically them confirming the timeline of when everything was happening and when she was born, how it compared to his age. Um, so these next, f- oh, okay. these next few things are, I'm just going to like, again, just skip right on through, even though it has tremendous impact on the rest of the series. Um, so Papatine's Sith, Sith fleet are the children of his worshipers. Those creepy people in the hoods that were in that stadium. Um, so we don't get any context. We don't know who those those people are until they put out this dictionary uh, that they're Sith eternal cultists or Sith worshippers who live on that planet and do Palpatine's bidding. Um, we get a couple quick shots inside the new Star Destroyers, uh, that fleet rising up, and they are piloted and controlled by pretty young people for the most part. And the dictionary explains that these are actually the children of the Sith eternal loyalists in that stadium. And they raised. They were raised from birth to revere the power of the dark side, which makes them even creepier than the first order. Yep. I absolutely love this idea. Yep. If it was somehow incorporated into the movies, that you you know I I have it written down in my notes, but I never said it. But this movie should have been part one and part two. Yep. Never gonna happen. And people have discussed this within Lucas within Lucasfilm about being part one, part two, but they knew it wasn't in the cards. I think Chris Terrio said that in one of his um, interviews, that they wanted to do part one, part two, but they couldn't. Excuses. That would have been such a great idea. Right? Because for the... You don't agree? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I agree with you. I think it would have been. It, like, it just... The First Order has been... Let's, let's admit it. The First Order has been kind of a sham in these movies. Kind of weak. Well, that's because they never and, really get a good enough backstory and explanation. And we never, we don't, the only evil thing we see them do is in Force Awakens when they murder that village. Yes. And when they destroy those planets, but, and have that menacing Hitler speech, but that's the Force Awakens. Two movies later where you should see this and they're still like, General Pride isn't even First Order. He's from the Empire. Yep. And so it's so crazy to me that if they had this thing as like Sith loyalists and their children, get pictures of the children, the young children deformed or having like weird marks, alien marks. Maybe the eyes are like red or something. Make them, make them Zabrax or, or making them or make them of the Sith uh, lineage, which is 
which is not i don't know if it's canon anymore or if it's in legends but that we've seen in video games that we've seen and stuff that look like or dathomir do something and show those as the pilots rather than the first order you're telling me the first order is is helping pilot a thousand ships that are supposed to uh, and this i saw this on a on a stat um on a podcast where they were discussing the movie that a star destroyer holds like a crew of like forty thousand people yeah yeah, now, I, I just I I, I I can't I can't believe it. Yep. And you know, we see we see like the first order with like cool red helmets and stuff like that. And I'm just come on. That would be so cool. Yep. So speaking of the first order and that Starkiller base, this uh, this next one was hinted at uh, in the video game Fallen Order. Oh, I, th- I yeah, I think I know what you're saying. Yep. So Starkiller base has been confirmed to be the planet. I think it's Ilum. Or Ilum. 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 So this is the planet that we see it in the in the Clone Wars TV show, uh, where Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka and a group of young Jedi are going to Ilum, uh, where the Kyber crystals are harvested for their lightsabers. Yes. Um, so that that means that uh, that the First Order spent basically while they were building the Death Stars, which is like a prototype of this giant weapon, while they were building the Death Star. They were terraforming Ilum to become this this planet-sized Death Star, basically. Um, and they were manipulating the kyber crystals to use to focus that weapon to be able to blow up multiple planets at once. Um, mm-hmm. Again, awesome fact. Would have given a lot more depth to The Force Awakens that it never said it in the movie. It's in all this additional it- reading. And it, it's true, and it could have connected more to the Emperor's overall... Like, th- this would work well to the Emperor plot of him coming back in Episode Nine to be like, I've been planning all this stuff. Who do you think's been doing this? Guess who made Snoke? That's me. You know, guess who built Killer Base? It was me. And I had this idea five years after Order 66. And that's when the timeline is. Five years after Order 66 is when the Jedi Fallen Order video game takes place and you do end up on Ilm. Spoiler for anybody who didn't play it, but the implication is there. And Ilm, in general, has huge implications to the Star Wars universe as far as the TV show, um, the video games, and it's even been written in in Legends. Before all this stuff came out, it was in Legends about, oh, the planet Ilm, where the Jedi Order, you know, would had a very important temple to building your lightsaber there. That's where one of the the main places to get your kyber crystals. I think there was two planets where the Jedi would uh, harvest uh, kyber crystals for their lightsabers. I I think. I don't know what the other planet is, but Elm is huge in lore. And for it to be yes. glossed over in The Force Awakens, because I did hear this story. It's just... It, it's one of those things just like, you, you have... These are like Marvel moments. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, like yeah. the Marvel moment. Like when it's like, oh, here comes, you know, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of the hammer again? When the hammer Mjolnir? gets into Mjolnir, gets into Steve Rogers' hands. Yeah. That's a Marvel moment. You can have these Star Wars moments. It's just, they have it, and it's just, ugh, drop the ball. Yep. So the last one I want to hit, uh, just to give uh, one of the Force powers a little bit more context. So it's been confirmed that Ray uses the force healing power 
that was shown on Pasana with the snake thing and on Kylo Ren later on, she uses that power to fix her lightsaber that she and Kylo Ren shattered at the end of The Last Jedi. Um, which, again, just it it sets that first example of when that power was used. It gives it more context. It shows that she used it when she was studying uh, those je- ancient Jedi scriptures. Um that her training really kind of came full circle and that's what really set her on the course to get where she was. Mm. And it's just, again, just, just a shame that they weren't able to put all this in a movie. And if they had split it up and if they had been able to take their time, I think they could have done it. But at the end of the day, a studio doesn't want to wait. They want to make the money now. And rather than do it right and, and give the fans what they deserved after 40 something years of these movies, they just wanted to push the final movie out, move on with it and get onto more content. Yeah, it would have been. I, I I agree. There should have been a flashback of her grabbing this lightsaber out of space, you know, with some spaceship, and she's collecting them after the destruction of Snoke's ship, listening to the song "Pick Up the Pieces" by the Average White Band. It would have been great. <laughs> no, um, I think I think that would have been a cool idea, just because. Uh, but but my issue is like their execution of it, um, because there are some plot holes with that, because. She ran off the ship, like, and Kylo Ren is on the floor, like, damaged. Like, when she, when she, like, ran away after the explosion, did she grab the pieces of the lightsaber? Did she grab the, the kyber crystal that is damaged, that is almost like a organism? That, like, it's in lore that it's, it, the kyber crystals, they feel that, they feel, they have feelings, um, in a very odd way, they're very connected to the force, and you know, if you damage them, that's why they turn red. You know that you could corrupt them with the will of the force. That is how dark side users get the red lightsaber. Um, but you know, that's my issue with that. But I, it would, it once again, very cool, and I, I wish they could show that, um, or at least something. Yeah. Ah. But that's it for me. That's all my thoughts. Uh. Yeah, I've, those are some those are some very good beats you brought up. Look, man, it I, I didn't ask to write the sequel to that movie, but if they want if they want to pay me to do it, I bet I could probably come up with something pretty good. Part one, part two, just do it. We'll just pull an M Night or, Shyamalan where we have that one movie come out, and then ten years later or twenty years later, we'll just come out with a random sequel that nobody expected, and it'll be good. Or or or, hold on. Okay. You 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 do you do episode nine. Yes. And you and the ending scene is Kylo throwing his lightsaber. Oh my god! And then it ends. Th- hold on, it ends there, <laughs> and people are like, "Was this episode nine? Was that it?" You don't even you get the bum 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 da 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 da, and it starts to the music starts to go away, and then it goes into a an end credit scene. That sets up the next movie. Don't even call it part two. You you already got it. The Rise of Skywalker, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then you get, like, the next movie coming out next year. You know, like, you you film all this stuff. And then everyone, on the, the big thing on Twitter is about the JJ cut. Which some people are saying, like, it's it's real. Some people are saying it's not. It, it comes from a Reddit user that has no credibility or whatever. So it's probably BS, but maybe it's not. Who knows? I can tell you but right now what? with full confidence that the JJ cut is less real than the Snyder cut. 
Yeah. So be that what it is. <laughs> if you if that happened, if they if they cut the rise of Skywalker after Kylo throws his lightsaber, his red lightsaber into the water, and then we have set up for a new movie next year, and you keep the names, you don't say part one, part two, you're not excommunicating Ryan Johnson on his own freaking island. You hash out everything you have here. The franchise, in my opinion, would be saved. Hmm. But what do we well, know? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I, I definitely think that they could have, and it would have been unexpected to come out with the uh, like a like an announcement basically for a sequel at the very end of that movie. I if they were going to do that at all, though, I wish that they would have split the movie up, and um, I mean they could have they could have ended it. Maybe when Kylo finds Palpatine. Well, no, because that's a third beginning. No, that's it's really early. There's a lot. You would have to get a lot of exposition. But I think at that moment, because we're doing, we're basically doing um, quest plots, like in video game quest plots, which to me almost feels like Deathly Hallows Part One. Yeah. Or yeah, like in 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 the Harry Potter universe, or even that episode. Uh, not episode chapter six whatever they call them the sixth movie of the harry potter uh franchise which i absolutely hated that movie just because of how slow it was but in perspective you know people say like oh it's 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 great i I forget the name of it um and it's not deathly hallows part one no or the phoenix is it order the phoenix what's the fifth one then i thought the fifth one is where you're right you're right no, this it's never mind. Anyways, we're getting off track. What? What do you? Yeah, what you we're getting off track. It, or or maybe maybe I'm just imagining things because you know Harry Potter series is. I never read the books. I just watched all the movies, and for the most part, I enjoyed it. But um, yeah. For for me, it's just there's so many great things. Like once again, like I loved I loved watching this movie. It made me feel so many things, and they could have had those Marvel moments, but something about just not having a clear message like we are going to do it right we're going to take the time to treat this with care do you understand you have star wars the star wars fandom is insane you a good community also a bad community you need to take care of a product you know that shows intent that shows wisdom and i don't get it i don't see it happening from the kathleen kennedy regime i just don't and and i i'm sure a lot of fans feel the same way that it needs to be someone else yep yep i would agree let's let's bring in john favreau and call it a day yeah so i think that's gonna be it for us unless you have any closing thoughts i've talked so much uh, and you've brought up so many good points uh there's, there's not much else i can say i still enjoyed it and i know you know for you do you think i have a question for you do you think that you'll be able to look back at this trilogy kind of like what people have done now with the prequels and be able to rewatch it and laugh or at least have a good time i mean i think part of the reason why they were able to do that was because of time and because of new context from these movies um i think that this trilogy has been fun but flawed and I think if I turn my brain off for a little while, I could probably enjoy it more, but I will probably always be slightly disappointed because this is supposed to be the end of the Skywalker saga, 
and rather than treat it with the care I and I think a lot of other fans believed it deserved, I think they just kind of pushed it out and used it as a moneymaker, to kind of put it a little harshly, um, rather than I think the care that Lucas put into the original trilogy and whatever Kathleen's intent was bringing this all together and, and kind of being the push behind it all, um, I definitely think she failed. I just point blank. And that I think the legacy of Star Wars is going to be these future TV shows and uh, spin-off movies rather than this final trilogy. I feel you on that, on that sentiment. And you have a very, you're very right in the message you just put out about about that. Come at me, like, Kathleen. Let's go. <laughs> I, w- I want it to be, I want, I want like a meme of like Luke and the rise of Skywalker and be like, that's no way to treat. And then you have like the Google or like you have the comp- Microsoft computer edit of someone like the computer voice being like, that's no way you treat the star Wars franchise. <laughs> <laughs> when Ray throws her lightsaber into the fire. That's what I want. Yep. And Kathleen Kennedy's face, like on Ray. Deep fake it. Yep. Let's make it happen. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be it for our review and aftermath review of The Rise of Skywalker. All right. Everyone tune in next time. We'll be having a podcast out uh, hopefully soon. And we'll be getting into the new movies of this year. 1917, the movie is coming out soon. I can't wait to see that. I'll probably go see Knives Out soon. Uh, and we'll have more uh, podcast material out, and hopefully we'll be able to review uh, more things episodically that come out. Come out for our thoughts. We have many of them. Yeah, even if they differ, they differ in view. Yep. And Baby Yoda is, is alive, everyone. Don't get mad at me. Every time, man. We're not going to get... Okay, we're not going to get into this again. No, we're not. I, I'm the hero here. Anyways, y'all have a wonderful... <laughs> <laughs> everyone have a wonderful... Uh, A wonderful new year, and we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.